Welcome to Redefining the Good Life, the podcast that calls BS on the rat race of modern life and helps you finally have the courage to go after your dreams. I'm your host, Aishan Karaduman, aka The Omnivorist. I'm a life coach and functional nutritional therapy practitioner. Using a blend of mindset tools and ancestral nutrition, as well as understanding just what it means to be human today, I'm here to help you change the trajectory of your life. Another future is possible, my friend. Welcome on board. Hey guys, I hope you are doing well. Today I am back at you with an episode about a topic that comes up a lot, and that is self-sabotage. And I must say, quote-unquote, self-sabotage, because to be really honest with you, I really don't love this term. And there are a few reasons for that. Uh, And I think the biggest one is that when you say that about a behavior that you have, it's rarely said in a way that is very loving of yourself. There's usually disdain, there's usually judgment, maybe some guilt. And it's like, it's a shorthand for something. And, you know, language is a sh- is shorthand that's why we use it that's it's useful right but i feel like when we use a term like self sabotage it, it it makes it so that it actually blocks the very thing that is needed for us to actually grow and move towards you know doing the things that we want to do in our lives and that is curiosity i think when you label yourself or label a behavior as self sabotage It's just, you know, like I said, it has all those negative connotations and that's immediately blocking your curiosity. So that means you're actually not understanding or you're you're not actually even attempting to understand what is going on under the hood. Now, you've heard me say this many times before. We are largely ruled by our unconscious. So the fact that you say you want something consciously, let's say you want to change a habit, you want to reach a new goal, um, you want to maybe modify a behavior, whatever it is, you like the fact that you want that thing really badly, consciously, is not really any guarantee of you achieving that thing. That's because the part of you that is conscious, that is intentional, is actually just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to how your brain, how your mind functions. So when you say, oh, like, I suck, basically, like, I self-sabotage, like, I wanted to do this thing, and once again, I didn't do it, this is what I always do, da-di-da-di-da. And that implies that you're somehow broken, your brain is somehow broken, you are undisciplined or whatever unkind thing you have um, that, you, that you make that mean. But what if instead of labeling it as such, what if you noticed what happened, right? Okay, I really wanted to get this personal project done and I kept procrastinating and I just didn't do it. 
or you have a deadline on something and you really waited till the last minute, whatever it was, or you tried to go to bed earlier, or you tried to, you know, have a morning routine in the morning, whatever it is, and you didn't get to it. So what's happening when you label it that way is you're immediately like classifying it and you're making a judgment. And guess what? You, you're not changing. You're actually, you haven't learned anything from the experience. But if you are curious about what's going on for you, like, oh, like, what was I thinking unconsciously that led me to not take this action that I wanted to take? As always, I'm always talking to you on this podcast about the most important thing being you learning to be your own best friend. And that means also being able to, you know, learn how to soothe your own nervous system. Let's say you're in a situation where you get super triggered usually and you want to change that. <laughs> it's not so easy, right? And it's certainly not easy to say you want to change that or that you are committed to changing that no matter what. When we are triggered, we just like our bodies, our animal bodies like gear into action. And that shit is powerful. So your first duty always is tend to the situation at hand, which is tend to your nervous system, soothe your nervous system, be present to your emotions, to whatever it is you're experiencing in the moment, staying in the moment, being at service of the moment, as opposed to expecting things to be the other way around. So this is, you know, really what's crucial. And this is what's going to actually turn the dial on you reaching your goals. In a way, of course, that is, you know, um, that is healthy. And that is nourishing for you as opposed to, you know, burning out. Which also brings me to another um, point, which is, let's say that, you know, depending on the kind of person you are, some people think a lot, think maybe too much, analyze too much, ruminate, and they don't take enough action, right? They don't actually learn from what they're, I mean, they, they don't actually go out in the world and do things and actually learn from those experiences, and then there are some people who tend toward taking lots of action, not really evaluating it so much and just going, going, going and not really giving themselves a chance to rest. They don't really listen to their bodies and they have the risk of, you know, burning themselves out. So it could also be that the, the, the part of you that is holding you back from doing what you want to do, it, you know, it might be really wise it might be that it knows that you need rest and that you risk burnout if you don't stop. And this brings me again to another point, which is that your unconscious always has a good intention. But that doesn't mean that intention is going to make sense to you as your adult self today. It could be something that was, and actually it's very likely to be something that was formed when you were like way too small to use any critical faculty. So, for example, you might want to start eating better, and but there is like this really unconscious deep belief that is actually afraid of there not being enough food. Now, that might not make any sense to you right now, but I don't know, maybe you grew up in a home with a ton of siblings, or you grew up really without a lot of privilege, and these were real issues for you when you were much younger, right? And that means that belief got lodged in your body. And so it is still affecting you today, unless, of course, you are doing the work of making the invisible 
visible, making the unconscious conscious so that you can actually exercise a choice. You can actually take actions today that are aligned with where you want to go. So I think that's really important to say, because once again, we're talking about curiosity. We're talking about not judging ourselves, not labeling a behavior as ridiculous. Like, oh, I can't believe I, I, I'm still, that's still where I am. I was supposed to be over, by, over this by now, you know? We do this a lot, right? We totally gaslight ourselves. And that is just, you know, I would, we would never even do that. Like, we would not do that to a kid. We would not do that to a friend. For some reason, we think it's totally okay to bully ourselves. So when you're labeling your behavior as self-sabotage, you're really not being a friend to yourself. And this is actually going back to a few episodes ago when I was talking about self-awareness. This passes as self-knowledge. Like people, when they say this, you know, I self-sabotage. Um, it sounds like, oh, I know myself, right? Yeah, I, I know who I am. I know what I do. These are my tendencies. But no, that's just, you know, that's just, you're being a bully to yourself. That's all you're being. Because you just label a behavior without getting curious about what's actually going on for you. That is not being a friend to yourself, my friend. And that is not self-awareness. That is, again, bullying disguised <laughs> as being self-aware. And when you're mystified by a behavior, when you're confused, again, you are not appreciating the power of your unconscious, right? Once again, you're kind of like subtly gaslighting yourself. And so that label of self-sabotage is often really superficial. It's really judgmental. And it actually does the opposite. It's very counterproductive. It holds you back from understanding yourself and from gaining true self-awareness and developing your self-trust, which is really what's at stake here, which is so big, right, for living the life you want to you wanna be living. So once again, the behavior that you're presenting with, it's just the tip of the iceberg. It is just an invitation to dig deeper, to understand what's really going on for you. And you can only do that through loving curiosity. As I always say, your brain loves to automate. It does not want to spend extra energy on this stuff. So that's why we are so um, largely um, like run by these unconscious patterns. But the problem is because of in our day and age, we get, um, you know, we grow up in these environments that are really not uh, you know, that, that, that really don't meet our needs in an organic way anymore, we end up with all these patterns that are really not serving us, especially when we're older. They may have served a, pur served a purpose, they may have been a good coping mechanism when we were younger, but oftentimes they're not really serving us anymore. So the next time you want to change something about yourself and you're not managing to, just get curious, like refrain from judging. Refrain from feeling bad about yourself, talking shitty to yourself, and just listen, okay? That will really be radical. Now, 
I had a few uh, previous episodes like I want to mention here that I think will be really helpful. There is one called The Bully in Your Brain, which I did in the, um, in the spring. And I have an episode also called Having Your Own Back, which is also a crucial, crucial piece of this puzzle. And speaking of old episodes, I actually did one way back um, in the first, you know, at the very beginning of this podcast, all about self-compassion the one thing that blocks change. And I actually really want to go ahead and reshare that episode with you because I really think it is such a big piece of what we're talking about here today. And if you have heard it, well, it came out like two years ago. So even if you've already heard it, I would highly encourage you to listen to it again because I know from myself, when I re-listen to stuff, when I re-consume things, it's amazing how differently it lands like with every iteration. So I think it will really be helpful for you no matter what. And if you haven't heard it before, I think you're really going to get a lot out of this one. All right, I'm going to leave you to it. Today, I want to talk about the number one thing that holds us back from doing the things we want to do. Now, people come to me wanting to change many of their habits and to create amazing things with their lives. And unless they're already feeling amazing in their skin and have that whole self-care bit dialed in, we usually start with helping them feel better in their bodies. Because, you know, without the energy to keep you going all day, every day, you just don't have the wherewithal to ponder powerful questions. Makes sense, right? So there are lots of new habits they're trying to establish, like starting with eating better, going to bed earlier, developing their dream business, stop saying yes to all the emergencies in their lives so that they can say yes more often to the things they actually care about. And so if you do an informal poll and ask people why they aren't where they want to be yet, most of them will say things like, you know, I lack willpower, I am weak-willed, you know, some version of being somehow bad or broken, like it's all their fault. But what they don't realize is being hard on yourself is the surest way to stay stuck. Now, my friend, the key ingredient to lasting change is actually self-compassion. And if you don't believe me, and if you are one of those people who gets really mad at yourself and just bitterly regret reneging on your promises to yourself, let me ask you a question. How has that been working out for you so far? You know, has that attitude actually allowed you to become a better human being? Or have you actually been on this self-destructive cycle over and over and over again for years now? And pretty much right where you started. Here's what I'm going to say. Self-compassion is not optional. And it isn't just useful. It is critical to your success. Now, of course, we live in a culture that really wants us to think that unless we beat ourselves up, unless we prove that we're worthy, we will turn into overindulgent, outrageous beings. But here's the thing. The opposite is true. First of all, you were born worthy. That part is already inherent. No one can take that away from you. You don't have to do anything, be anything more in order to be worthy. And it is only when you have true compassion and acceptance for yourself 
exactly where you are today, will you then actually want to treat yourself well? And also, let me make a distinction here about what self-compassion does not look like. It does not mean letting yourself off the hook, you know, treat yourself, hashtag YOLO, that sort of thing. Now, let me give you a concrete example. Let's say you have a really stressful job. You're constantly overworking and putting out fires at work. You're exhausting yourself physically. You feel like your brain is fried at the end of the day. You're neglecting your family and your friends, those dearest to you. Your relationships suffer and you're hating the example you're giving your kids. You know that your current life is basically not very aligned. Your work habits keep you from showing up as the person you want to be in the rest of your life. And maybe you're even planning your exit and actively thinking about a slower life. But of course, you know, the road to getting there is not without its bumps. So you promise to yourself that you'll say no to handling emergencies at work. You'll be strict about setting and respecting your own boundaries. You'll shut off the computer. You'll spend a calm evening with your family. You will eat healthily, take good care of your body and go to bed at a reasonable hour. Okay. But let's say something major goes wrong at work once again, and you get sucked right back into it once again, and before you know it, you've had a whole week where you've been stuck in meetings for days on end, you've moved your body very little, feeling like a zombie, and back to beating yourself up about it. Ugh, I did it again. Ugh, I can never trust myself with this stuff. Ugh, this is so ridiculous. I am such a sucker, etc., etc., etc. Basically, self-flagellating, like one of my clients likes to put it. But here's the thing, that self-flagellation only pretends to be necessary. It pretends to be so virtuous. You know, I messed up, therefore I must expiate my sins and hate on myself. But those feelings, that shame and blame and guilt, that self-judgment, those are so harmful because first of all, they are so painful that you usually end up wanting to numb it somehow. So you'll end up opening that bottle of wine or get into the cookies or ice cream or stay up too late watching Netflix. You know, treat yourself, right? Life is harsh, so might as well enjoy it. Except that all of that brings you right back to square one. And this is the other reason why this attitude is so harmful. This self-beating yourself up is so harmful. You have not learned anything, my friend. Because when you're beating yourself up, that completely blocks your curiosity, your creativity, your resourcefulness. And guess what? There is a very good reason why changing habits is so hard. Because the truth of it is, our brains hate change. Think about it. Your brain's biggest priority is efficiency. Our brains mostly work on autopilot. That's how they're designed. Otherwise, life would be way too overwhelming. So that means keeping everything the same. And that means when we want to change how we do things, when we want to change those habits, things we've done all day, like things we've done every day for many, many years, that means that requires work. So change is expensive to our brains. So it's not that something's wrong with you or that you're somehow broken. If anything, all of this actually means you have a perfectly normal human brain. 
But what happens when you don't understand that and when you think there's actually something wrong with you for not being able to change when you know better and you're super harsh on yourself, that's when you find yourself going around and around in circles and sometimes this cycle will last for years. Because speaking to yourself in that way is a sure way to keep you squarely stuck in place. But know that your brain is perfectly normal in wanting to hold on to its old ways. And knowing this can allow you to be so much smarter about habit change and, you know, and starting with loving yourself fiercely throughout the process. And I would also say, why bring morality into it? You know, I've been good this week, I've been bad, you know, all that, that kind of vocabulary, those kinds of words, those are what I ask my clients to banish from their vocabularies. Now, no one is getting hurt, unless maybe yourself, if you don't keep your promises to yourself. Just don't bring moral judgments into the equation. It is not helpful. If anything, it is harmful. So, what is a better way to handle all of this? Instead of the shame and the blame and the regret, I would actually invite you to become lovingly curious. So in the previous example, when you learned about that major work emergency, can you identify the thoughts that got you plunging right into it without first taking an intentional moment to regroup and come up with the best strategy? Now, what thoughts allowed you to throw yourself into the, you know, into putting out fires mode and possibly do things you could have and maybe should have delegated instead of burning yourself out? Or let's say, you have the goal of only drinking wine um, on the weekend, and yet you ended up opening a bottle on Tuesday night. Now, loving curiosity would look like trying to understand what happened, not from a place of, you're a stupid idiot, but like I said, that detached inquiry. Now, what happened here? What was going through my mind in that moment? Maybe you had a thought like, oh, the kids were such a handful today, and I need this glass to relax. And in that moment, you totally believed your brain that that was the right thing to do, except that you woke up with a headache and the prospect of another day with the kiddos seems impossibly overwhelming now. But see what that does? By becoming curious, you actually are identifying the thoughts that allow you to go against your own wishes. And that way you can decide next time not to believe them anymore. And all of this is actually scientifically proven. Those who have the highest compassion for themselves and can have forgiveness after having let themselves down are the ones who are the likeliest to develop habits that last. And for me personally, self-compassion is also something I had to learn and that I'm still actually learning actively. You know, we don't grow up with unconditional self-love and acceptance being our basic MO. I had to make a conscious effort to love myself in my worst moments. Those moments when I felt the ugliest, the most vulnerable, the most triggered, I had to learn not to avert my gaze in those moments and to even love myself in all of my hot mess. Now, the truth is, failure is the path to mastery. There is, like, there is no way around that fact. And being able to accept ourselves radically, no matter what, That is what allows for learning and doing it a teeny bit better the next time. You know, having grown up in this civilization means that 
We all have our wounds, and we're all on our own journey. But the compassion we can learn to cultivate for ourselves when it feels the hardest to do also makes us so much more compassionate um, of others as well. And here's one last thing I want to leave you with. Having compassion with yourself also has this amazing benefit. It will empower you for moving forward with intention in your life because you know that you have your own back no matter what, instead of wallowing in shame and regret. And that, my friend, is worth everything. Moving toward the person you want to be can only come from fully accepting and loving yourself where you are currently. Even though we think the opposite is going to be true, right? We think, oh my God, if I'm perfectly happy with the way I am, then I'm never going to want to (laughs) change. But it just doesn't work that way. You actually truly have to be, truly love where you are to then want to make it even more amazing. Because what I'm teaching you in this episode, this um, whole self-compassion thing, it's actually kind of an advanced skill. You know, those successful people you may love and admire you know, those people who seem to hit all their goals, this is what they do differently. Instead of punishing themselves and potentially throwing in the towel when they fail at a goal, instead they use that as a way to do better next time. And that is what allows them to get where they want to go faster. Remember, you're not supposed to hit it right out of the park. That is not how human learning works. So I want to leave you today with one question to ask yourself regularly. Now, this is something I recently came up with while coaching a client on exactly this self-compassion piece. And that is, how can I be kinder to myself today? Because I swear to you, the answer to that question, when you answer that question regularly, that is going to be the key to lasting change. And you know, also the good news is that all these shifts don't have to take nearly as long as it took to develop all those old habits. Once you see through your unhelpful stories, you can't unsee them anymore. And also, this is where coaching can make a huge difference. So if you're interested in doing this work together and blowing through your own stories that are keeping you stuck, definitely get in touch for a free discovery call. All right, that's all I have for you today, my friends. I will talk to you next time. Hey, come join us in our private Facebook group, Redefining the Good Life, where we continue the conversation about just what it means to have a meaningful life today. See you there.